Journey into comics. Poor entertainment. Poor news. Foodies watching movies. Adulting 80s. Podcast read the voice of survival. Kids for sale. Gallif Radio. Bruise with dudes. Journey into wrestling. Journey into comics network. Journeyintocomics.com. Following the following journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. Hey, everybody. This is Ashley from the Kids for Sale podcast, and you are listening to the Journey into Comics Network Best of the Week show, featuring highlights from all the shows across the network this week. So lock your kids in their bedrooms so you can relax and listen. And where are we going? Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey Into Comics. This past weekend was a busy weekend for me because I was aficionating. That didn't come out as nice as it sounded in my head, but I'm going with it. I was aficionating because the pod daddy, as Dick will call him, uh, was the officiant, the ordained, as it were, of Dick and Miranda's wedding. And you guys can see that on the Journey into Comics uh, Facebook. I know it's been shared there because it was live streamed. It was really, let's, oh man, I don't even know where to really begin. So, okay, I guess take us back a few months. I got a text, a few months ago I got a text from Dick that was like, hey man, um, I need you to do me a favor. And I was like, what was the favor? And he was like, get ordained. And I was like, Holy shit, that's like kind of a legit favor. Okay, let me look into it. So I look into it. And all you do is you sign up online. Boom, I'm certified. So technically, I exist in the world as an ordained minister. I can perform ordained tasks, different events and whatnot, right? So that happened in like August, I think. Maybe it was September. I can't remember. And... Dick was like, 2019, bro, that's when we're going to do the wedding, so thank you for being ahead of the game and doing that. So, we, uh, you know, we find out recently, a couple, like three or four weeks ago, Dick sends me a text, hey man, what are you doing October 13th? And I was like, well, we might have a show, but there's been some other shit that's kind of gone down. So we might not have a show that night, actually. It's very possible we will not be playing that night. And Dick was like, good, because that's when the wedding is. And I was like, holy shit. And that night was October 13th, this past weekend, this past Saturday. So I was like, all right, cool. So leading up on like Thursday of the week prior, it would have been when Podcastrophy, let's see, 57 would have come out. I ordered the thing the little certificate and it's still not here (laughs) so like here's the deal we have 30 days to get it to the courthouse and to the typical new county and and the papers and whatnot i just don't want to dilly dally on it so it's like bear it's been stressing me out extra hard that it didn't come in on time and hopefully it didn't stress them out at all that that was the case but even when we were looking over all the paperwork and all the documentation it didn't seem like i even needed to have that so the first step is going to be to hopefully, when I'm listening to this playback on Monday, I'm like, oh shit, that thing came in. Yeah, it did. No. Let's let's hope for the best. So, because I don't trust USPS. we That's a whole other podcast. So that's a whole other 
a whole other thing. <clears throat> Anyways, so go down to Lafayette on Friday night. Sarah's providing the music for Dick and Miranda's wedding. I'm providing the officiating abilities, okay? I've got all my plans at the house. And typically you don't, with an actual rehearsal, you don't want to like verbally, word for word, repeat all the shit you're going to do the day of because it takes the specialness out of the moment, you know? That's at least my opinion. So I didn't like officially read anything off till day of. We go down Friday night. We do the rehearsal. We've got to turn around, drive back, pick V up from work, come home, sleep, get up the next day. Sarah teaches a couple lessons. We get on the road. We head back to Lafayette. We're all dolled up real nice. We get there. We're a little bit later than I would have liked to have been. Yet again, it's like, motherfuck. I hate that that there's so much distance between us is really what it comes down to. Like, my friends are down in Lafayette, and my friends are up above me north, and my friends are south and left and right and east and west and everywhere around me. And there's only a few of them, a handful of friends that are local to my location. And I don't even get to see them all that much. So it's like, it's fucking hard, man. But, so get to the wedding. We get Sarah set up on the piano. And I'm starting to get a little bit of the nerves, but not really. It's only like, I'm really what I feel like I was, was happening was I was picking up everyone's nervous energy around me. I could feel Miranda was a little nervous. I could feel Dick was a little nervous when I was talking to him. He did a great job of like maintaining composure and chill, but there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot at play on the day of a wedding, and if the moment didn't get to him at all, I would think that he has zero fucking emotions, and I don't think Dick is that person at all, you know? So, we had rehearsed this. It was time, you know? I got to, you know, hang out and talk to Tyler the night before, too, so it was cool, because Tyler's part of the wedding party, so it was, like, all great and fun and, and awesome, and some awesome friends were in attendance. I got to see Nick Maxson and Jess and... Shout out Dave Linder. Brando was there, which was amazing to see him and reunite with him for the first time in six months. <clears throat> so we, uh, it's time. It's almost time. It's like f- fucking six twenty-five, and I go up to Dick and I'm like, "All right, Dick, we've got about five minutes before it's go-go time. Do you want to start the the thing right at six thirty, or should we give it a few extra minutes and let a few more people?" mosey on in just in case because you might have a couple people that are late you never know people are not perfect sometimes people are late to things I was fucking late to things on that day so it's not like I can be saying any kind of thing Dick's like let's push it we'll do 640 I was like okay so I'm appropriately letting the people know because I've got to kind of like be the ringleader of this operation I let Tyler know I let Miranda know I let Caroline, no, that's Miranda's uh, maid of honor. You know, I let the mom know, I let Dick's mom know, and and we're kind of chit-chatting. And then time, as soon as we said, like, let's do it at 640, every minute took 45 minutes, I fucking swear to you people. It was crazy. Like, it was like, whoosh. That was one second. Whoosh. Two seconds, you know. Whoosh. Three seconds. It it was fucking slow and tedious. So then finally, it's time. It's go time. And we do as we planned. You guys can watch this online. So it's only briefly going to be mentioned here. 
walk up the aisle, we do the, the whole ceremony. Again, nerves were there. I'm definitely radiating and feeling everybody else's nerves. Had a kind of funny moment with, uh, I always fuck up her name, but Miranda's little daughter, who was the flower girl, had a little moment and cried and didn't want to walk down. And it was, it, it happens. Kids are kids. And uh, it took, it made things kind of slow down a little bit slow down a little bit but we got right down to the business and I got that thing over and done with in no time because I don't want people to be feeling like they needed to dilly dally people want when they're at a wedding to celebrate the wedding itself is more the formality of like okay they've done it they've done it it's been done so when I was in that moment, like, and I, and I told Dick and Miranda this too, I'd spent the whole day just channeling nothing but love, like just soaking up all the positive love b- vibes. When I saw people, like when I saw Brandon, I immediately ran up to him, gave him a big hug. I was excited to see him. I definitely was just expressing my love towards Brando, expressing my love towards everyone. I was very joyous to stay because my friends were getting married, and it was a very, it was a very special moment for me. Definitely teared up a couple times. I flubbed up a couple times. That happens. The tear up and the flub up, not two and not one in the same. The flub up happened during when I was reading. I had a couple slip ups. One time I read a wrong, I started reading a wrong paragraph, realized really quickly, and had to fix myself. Uh, and then uh, the teary thing was one of the dances, but it wasn't the father daughter dance because. I'm going to go on a soapbox here for a second, folks. That I loved her first fucking god-awful song that... I'm sorry, Miranda, if you're listening. But every single time I'm at a wedding, that's the dad-daughter dance song. And it's like... Does everybody not realize that is literally just an emotional vampire song to get you to be emotional? Like, don't you want to put on a song that's personal to those two people? Like, genuinely, deeply, in their fucking souls, personal? And have that be the moment? Like, isn't that what you want? I guess. I don't know. I don't fucking know. I'm uncertain. I Really, I'm uncertain. Because I I didn't like it. It sucks. Because, like I said, it makes you feel like you need to tear up. I didn't tear up for that one because that one annoys me. Like I said, I'm sorry. But... There was one with Dick, and I think it was maybe his grandma. I mean, man, first of all, can I just say, Rocket Man is a beautiful song. I love Elton John, okay? And that song is just fucking... It it has a special place for me, because when Veronica first came into our lives, um, and her and Sarah first started making music as Diamond and Fang, before Walk Among Us was a thing... Uh, they did Rocket Man, and it was beautiful. Oh man, just piano and vocals, you know. And I got to hear that be created before anybody else on Earth. And it was, I mean, it was just to me, it was a very, very humbling and special moment. Is the way to say that. So. We're at the wedding. The ceremony happens. Everything goes off without a hitch. Send them down, and it's time to chill. There's a couple dances. We do the dances. We hang out. We eat. Uh, food is all right. 
ain't mad at it. Uh, let's talk about catching up with Brandon and why it was nice. Why it has become a just a humongous young man who's not very old at all. And he is very talkative and says all kinds of funny things that make you laugh consistently. It's good to have someone like that in the room that can win the crowd over. Takes the pressure off you as a person. So it was really nice to just catch up with Brando a little bit there. It was nice to talk to Tyler and hang out with him and Skyler. And, you know, the girls and I had a, fa- a fantastic time. Uh, after the thing, we, because we, I didn't get to see Nick Maxson at the wedding. I physically saw him, but I had too many little fires I was trying to put out and make sure everything was going smoothly. And he had to leave. He had other shit to go and do, which once I talked to him, which I'm getting to now when I met him up at North End Pub, uh, crazy. I mean, it was fucking crazy the amount of shit he did. He had like went to Frankfurt to get a tattoo with his buddy. They started their tattoos at the same time. His buddy's tattoo was taking too long. He's like, I got to get to this fucking wedding, bro. I'm going without you. Boom, takes off. Then I guess that he went to the wedding, and then after the wedding, he had to go back to Frankfurt, which Frankfurt to Rossville is probably like a 30-minute drive, pick his buddy up, then come back up north to Lafayette to do a Doom Room show at the North End Pub, which is where we met him. So we got to catch up, chatted for a few minutes, just said hey to him and Jess, because again, I didn't really get to see them. It was madness, right? Just M-A-D-ness, madness. So... The, the everything went so well and it was a beautiful thing uh, to spend those moments with Dick and Miranda and it be really in the most front row seat of a wedding to kind of be leading the wedding. Uh, I will say I felt like I went a little fast uh, in speaking and I could have went slower but it just felt natural and I knew they were nervous and their energy was nerves which was my nerves, which made me go way faster. Which, even watching it back, I feel like I'm talking slow. But then I'm like, maybe I am really talking very fast, and I don't realize that I talk so damn fast. So what else have I done other than the wedding? Oh, shit, you know what I forgot to mention? Uh, On the way back from the wedding, the girls and I are driving home, and we are almost to, like, our neck of the woods, as we call it, typically, like Lowell's exit. And we're several exits away from that. We're by, like, Fair Oaks Farms, and I just so happen to pull my ways up, and it tells me to exit at Fair Oaks Farms immediately, so I'm just like, okay, I'm fucking doing this, and I exit, right? And we realize that traffic is gridlocked on 65. I mean... Not slowing down and just crawling. I'm talking stopped. No movement. Zero movement. Okay. So we're like, what the fuck? So we exit off 65. We go across the bridge. We see this long line of red lights just never ending. We go over the bridge. There's a detour. The road in front of us that we're supposed to be taking is fucking closed. So now I'm like, Waze doesn't tell me this is closed. I'm just going to have to guess. I'll turn right. So turn right, we're running parallel to 65. We go nine miles. All nine miles was stop traffic. Almost by the time we were getting ready to exit off and get back onto 65 past the jam, 
we looked to our right and we saw there must have been a terrible accident. Uh, we counted at least six cop cars. There were two full-size fire trucks, two ambulance, big, massive like construction spotlights that they had brought out and had on the fields and stuff. So this was probably like a deep embankment that someone, like a, a heavy accident with several cars. Um, and, and probably casualties. I don't know. I didn't, we didn't, we weren't close enough to know what exactly happened, but from a distance it looked bad. So hopefully if anybody listening knows anything about that, anybody you may know who is affected won't be affected. Hopefully everybody is okay. Hopefully. We interrupt the Journey into Comics Network feed for this late-breaking edition of Poor News. Featuring Andrew Poor. So this is an article from Newsweek, and that is Donald Trump to speak at a hate group's annual event, a first for a sitting president. So, President Donald Trump will be the first sitting president to address the Family Research Council's Values Voter Summit with the Southern Poverty Law Center, described as a rogues gallery of the radical right. Trump will be the keynote speaker at Friday's event, which will be also be attended by his former... Str- Strategist, strategist, Steve Bannon, other speakers include is the founder of anti-Islam group ACT for America and former Trump strategist Sebastian Gorka. The anti-LGBTQ Family Research Council, labeled as a hate group by the SPLC, has hosted its annual summit since its inception in 2006. Values voters have waited eight years for leaders who puts America's mission first and respects the values that made America into a great nation, the council's president Tony Perkins said in a statement reported by The Hill. Values voters are coming to our nation's capital thankful to hear from a president who is fulfilling the promise that he campaigned on. So the early days of the campaign, President Trump allied himself with values voters, promised to put an end to the eight years of relentless assault on the First Amendment. No other thing has ever taken the decision to address the summit, although Trump has spoken before the conference on three previous occasions, even during his presidential election campaign. Speaking of the president's decision to attend this year's 12th annual event, SPLC President Richard Cohen told the Independent, by appearing at the Values Voter Summit, President Trump is lending the legitimacy of his office to a hate group that relentlessly demonizes LGBTQ people and works to deny them on their equal rights. His appearance puts the lie to his campaign, promises to be a friend to the LGBTQ community, bigotry is not an American value, and our president should speak out against it, he added. Trump's attack on the LGBTQ community have not gone unnoticed, with the president rescinding Obama ear protection for transgender students that allow them to use the bathroom that matches their gender they identify with, Trump also just a ban on transgender troops in the military and failed to recognize Pride Month or National Coming Out Day, unlike his predecessor. The group organized the summit has frequently commented on homosexuality. Family Research Council believes that homosexuality con- or homosexual conduct is harmful to the person who engaged to it and society at large and can never be affirmed. It is by definition unnatural and as such associated with negative physical and psychological health effects. It's not clear what tr- topic Trump will address during his speech, but the group's overwhelmingly negative attitude towards the LGBTQ community is prompting questions about whether a president should be attending a day of glorified hate speech. So that's definitely interesting. A first time for a sitting president. A president who has a picture that shows him holding up a rainbow flag that says LGBT for Trump. And to go from that to get elected to doing all these kind of behind the scenes things kind of slowly minimizing those rights and now to speak at a hate group that thinks basically what they're doing is an abomination. And it's not. It's something that you just need to accept or ignore or just 
if you don't like it, just don't look into it. Just move on. What they do does no way devalue what you do. So just don't worry about it. So this will be very interesting, and I'm really curious to see what he actually does talk about. He's going to walk a fine line with the midterm election. He can't say anything too risque or too out there that Republicans that are campaigning that want to get reelected or want to get elected at all don't have to backdoor against them because if they do retain any control in the House and Senate after November, they really need Trump as an ally. So they can't go be like, I disagree with what he said because then coming next year when they need something, he'll be like, oh, but you said this to me then. And so it's a lot of quid pro quo. So yeah, we'll have to see how this kind of shakes out. I'm definitely going to figure out when this actually happens, but yeah, not a big fan of this. And this is involving some that happened actually earlier today. And that is that President Trump finally visited Florida after Hurricane Michael has now well passed. And this is uh, CNN's their live coverage. So I'm going to kind of backtrack it to the earlier day and kind of run through what happened. And we'll kind of go from there. So these are kind of timestamps. So let's see. Uh, this At the time of recording, this was, so this was earlier this morning. Uh, President Trump and First Lady Melania have arrived at Elgin Air Force Base in Okaloosa County in the Florida Panhandle. Florida Governor Rick Spott and FEMA Administrator Brock Long were among the people to greet the Trumps. Um, later that morning, he uh, President Trump touted the federal, state, and local response to and hailed the effects of Florida Governor Rick Scott shortly after their arriving Florida to, the, to tour hurricane damage. Trump's officials stepped up and followed right behind Hurricane Michael. Jobs they've done in Florida have been incredible. Likewise, in Georgia, Trump told the pool reporters. Trump added that thousands of electricians are working on getting the power back on, but pointed out that the bigger problem is many homes don't exist anymore. I saw the pictures. He is not wrong. And actually, uh, I know some of uh, electricians and like cobhead people from up in this area, where I am in the Chicagoland area, have actually gone down there to assist, so definitely good for them. Uh, earlier, later in, that, uh, in the morning uh, yesterday... Monday, as you're listening to this. In Florida, the seaside town of Mexico Beach was virtually wiped away in Hurricane Michael. Now, days after the storm hit, uh, chiefs are sitting precariously through heavy rubble in search of about 30 to 35 people. The city's police chief said. Rescuers have been using dogs as they comb through rubble piles and mangled structures one more time looking for survivors. About 20 of the town's 1,200 residents had said they planned to ride out the storm, but many fled at the last minute when Michael quickly gained strength. Uh, every school in uh, this Florida camp, uh, county was damaged. The future thousand students remain unclear in the wake of Hurricane Michael, especially those in Bay County where schools were closed till further notice. It's not going to be a normal school year. There's going nothing normal about what, where we are right now. For the majority of the 26,000 students is placed in many schools deemed not safe because of the damage. Officials are discussing alternative ways to get students back to the classroom or provide psychological aid for them. I would say every single school in Bay County has some type of damage, some more extensive than others. So it'll probably take a week or months to get online. Some it'll take years. So that's... Very intense. Um, later that same morning, President Trump and Lady Melania Trump began their visit to Florida with an aerial tour from Marine One over areas affected by Hurricane Michael. Michael said parts of Florida Panhandle and the seaside town of Mexico Beach was virtually wiped away. The Trumps were back to meet with officials and first responders in Florida, Georgia today. Uh, Trump tours devastated neighborhood. I've seen pictures, but it's hard to believe. Uh, President Trump and First Lady Melania Trump just walked through the neighborhood in Lynn Haven, Florida, to see the damage left behind by Hurricane Michael. 
Hard to believe I've seen pictures, but it's hard to believe when you're above it in a plane and see the total devastation you see. No houses left, not even the pads are left. It's incredible. Incredible is a interesting word choice. Uh, Trump praised FEMA, local government, and first responders for their incredible work. To see this personally, it's very tough, very, very tough. Total devastation, the president added. Trouble said he spoke with a resident who rode up the storm and told him that he's never been so scared in his life. This isn't the first time Trump said that something's... Uh, very tough. I remember when I on the poor poor last year, I believe it was uh, when Trump had to call victims or the parents of soldiers lost. He found that tough and really didn't like doing it. I'm like, well, that's just kind of comes with the job. But the president's job isn't easy. It's not all praise and speeches and all that. It's you got to be the commander in chief sometimes. Um, then you have pictures of Trump handing out Kirkland brand bottled water. So President Trump handed bottled water to stranded residents of Lynn Haven, Florida, Monday, while Trump against administration's response efforts during Hurricane Michael. We're doing more than has probably ever been done, he said. They would say that 50 years ago there was one that had this kind of power. 50 years, he said, it's a long time. Yeah, just ask the people in Puerto Rico. Uh, later that day, Trump visited the... Uh, Red Cross Center in Georgia. At the same time in Florida, President Trump and First Lady Melania Trump traveled to Georgia to continue surveying the damage from Hurricane Michael. Monday afternoon, the President and First Lady visited a Red Cross Center in Warner Robins, Georgia. They spoke with state and local officials. While the Sunshine State suffered the brunt of Michael's punishing wind, states across the southeast, including Georgia, also felt the effects of the storm. Southern Georgia experienced hurricane-strength winds last Wednesday, downing numerous trees and causing property damage and power outages. State officials said they received reports of damage to the state's pecan, cotton, vegetable, and peanut crops. CNN meteorologist Brandon Miller pointed out that Michael was the first Category 3 hurricane to track into the state of Georgia since 1898. And I guess the last thing was that um, President Trump met with a group of pecan, cotton, and soybean farmers at Charlie Stewart Farms, a soybean farm in Macomb, Georgia, discussed the impacts of Hurricane Michael. He spoke with the group and asked how hard each farmer's property was hit by the hurricane and how long it will take their crops and finances to recover. Several conversations assured the farmers that his administration was working with local and state officials to provide support and relief. We're working on it, you know that, right? He said at one point, you'll be fine. It's too bad what happened to you guys, he said to the group towards the end of the visit. So, yeah, that's just, I don't know. He's trying to get the farm vote. So we'll see what actually comes of this. And actually, uh, speaking of Hurricane Michael, Michael's destruction exposes weaker building codes in Florida's panhandle. We are vulnerable as any other part of the state, said a Florida... Former Florida lawmaker after the Category 4 hurricane hit last week. Tallahassee, Florida, unlike in South Florida, homes in the state's panhandle did not have tighter building codes. It was once argued that the trees would help save Florida's panhandle from the fury of hurricane as the acres of forest in the region would provide a natural variable to the savage winds that accompany the deadly storm. It's for the reason that tighter building codes mandatory in places such as South Florida were not put in place for most of the region until just 11 years ago. It may be a painful lesson for area residents now that Hurricane Michael has ravaged the region, leaving St. damage from the coast inland all the way to the Georgia border. We're learning painful that we shouldn't be doing those kinds of exemptions, said Don Brown, the former legislator from the Panhandle, now sits on the Florida Building Commission. Sorry, it moved. We were vulnerable as any other part of the state. There was this whole notion that trees were going to help us take the wind out of the storm. Those trees became projectiles and flying objects. Yikes. Uh, Hurricanes Andrew... A generation ago, raised Florida's most populated area with the winds up to 165 miles per hour, damaging or blowing apart over 125,000 homes and obliterating almost all mobile homes in its path. The acres of flattened homes showed how contractor cut corners amid the patchwork of codes Florida had 
At the time, for example, flimsy particle board was used under roofs instead of sturdier plywood, and staples were used instead of roofing nails. Since 2001, structure steroid must be built to withstand winds of 111 miles per hour and up. The Miami area is considered a high-velocity hurricane zone, which requires higher standards, requiring many structures to withstand hurricane winds in excess of 170. Though Michael was packing winds as high as 155, any boost in the level of safety requirements for builders helped a home avoid disintegrating in a hurricane. Tom Lee, a home builder and legislator, says past hurricanes have shown time and time again that stricter codes help. He said during past hurricanes, he looked at the damage by plane and could tell if a home was built before the new code. The structural interior of our housing stock is leaps and bounds beyond what it was. The codes all for shatterproof windows, fortified roofs, and reinforced concrete pillars, among other specifications. But it wasn't until 2007 that homes built in the Panhandle of more than one mile from shore were required to follow the higher standards. In Hurricane Michael pummeled the region with devastating winds from the sea all the way into Georgia, destroying buildings more than 70 miles from the shoreline. Governor Rick Scott said it may be time for Florida to boost its standards since they're in the toughest in the nation even further. After every event, you go back and look at what you can do better. After Andrew, the codes change dramatically in our state. Every time something like this happens, you have to say to yourself, is there something we can do better? Mexico Beach, the Gulf City. The Gulf Coast town destroyed and Michael lacked a lot of new or retrofitted construction, said Craig Fugit, the former director of the Federal Emergency Management Agency and a former emergency management chief for the state of Florida. The small seaside community had a lot of older mobile homes and lower and low-income year-round residents working in the commercial fishing and service industries. Quite idyllic, uh, idyllic when I call old Florida, Fugit said, this is not a bunch of high-rises or brand-new developments. So yeah, it looks like we'll hopefully see a lot of Code improvements post uh, Michael that prevent something like the devastation we saw from Hurricane Michael happen again. Now jumping into the political sphere, uh, Elizabeth Warren was in the news uh, today because she released her DNA test results and dares Trump to make good on his one million dollar bet. So Senator Elizabeth Warren has faced many has questioned for years about her claim she was native, uh, she has Native American ancestry. Well, famously, President Trump. Uh, who nicknamed her Pocahontas and dared her in July to take a DNA test. Warren did. Monday, she released a DNA analysis of her gene showing she does have Native American ancestry. Analysis performed by Stanford University professor Carlos Bustamante concludes that the vast majority of the senator's ancestry is European, but the results strongly suggest Native American heritage six to ten generations ago. Warren seen first released results to the Boston Globe. Warren is up for re-election in Massachusetts in November and is expected to win, but she's widely rumored to have set her sights on 2020... She said that after midterm, she will take a hard look at running for president. Along with the DNA results, Warren's campaign's fact squad released data information about her heritage, including a Globe investigation from September that found that her ethnicity wasn't a factor in her rise in the legal academic ranks. We also put a video of Warren and her family in Oklahoma discussing her family's history. The video features clips of Trump, White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders, and other making fun of Warren's heritage claims, which the DNA tests have now proven to likely be true. The president likely likes to call my mom a liar. What do the facts say? Warren asked Bustamante, who did the DNA analysis in the video. The facts of this, you absolutely have Native American ancestry in your pedigree, he replies. President Trump had called Warren Pocahontas for a month, and a rally over the summer he said he would give $1 million to charity if she takes a DNA test. Warren tweeted a reminder of the president's promise and asked him to send a check to the National Indigenous Women's Resource Center. Trump switched reporters on Monday and denied saying he would make the donation. I didn't say that. You better read it again, he said. There's video evidence of him making the pledge. The White House didn't return a request for comment on Trump's reaction. How we got here in the first place. 
That a sitting U.S. Senator and potential presidential candidate would spend so much time and energy on proving she is somewhere between 132nd and 1-1024th Native American at first glance seems a bit silly. You think her sweeping policy proposals or career history as a successful law professor would be more important. But question about her heritage that have dogged Warren since her 2012 Senate campaign. The Globe explains when Republican operatives found stories in the Harvard Crimson referring to Warren as Native American in order to demonstrate the law school's faculty diversity, Warren had her ethnicity changed on official documents from white to Native American at the University of Pennsylvania and at Harvard University Law Schools when she taught there in the 1980s and 90s. As Vox's Dylan Matthews explained in February, Warren has consistently said that her mother is part Cherokee even though Warren herself is an enrolled member of the three federally registered Cherokee tribes. Red meat, we crave sustenance. Guys, we are not invading my aunt. I don't know if I want to thank you for uh, the movie that we just watched. Oh, lovely segue. (laughs) That was Uh, hard. Sarah and I were looking at each other like, Oh my god. Terrifying. Oh, this is the scariest movie I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> it is ho- October, so we we can call it a horror movie. Definitely. Yeah. Do you want to uh, tell us about this movie? Yes, I <laughs> So, it's called Ingrid Goes West. I had actually seen it months and months ago, like early into this year. Um I think it it either came out like in January, February of this year or super late last year. And it stars Aubrey Plaza and Elizabeth Olsen. Um, Nate, st- you'll know her from Marvel movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Long story short, there's this girl, well, this woman who lives, um, I don't know what town she's from, but she, she's, uh, she's, she follows people on Instagram and she becomes obsessed with them. Even if they're just local people, she just fixates on one person and it, she becomes, uh, you know, a stalker who just her entire life revolves around this one person and everything they post on their Instagram. Well, uh, you know, things ensue. Actually, at the beginning, this is in the trailer, so I don't mind saying this, but basically in the beginning, um, she sees that the person that she's fixated on in her local community is getting married and she gets so jealous that she goes right up to her and sprays... Jealous that she wasn't invited to the wedding. Mm -hmm. That she sprays bear mace into the bride's eyes in front of everybody during the reception and then she, you know, goes away. And that starts the movie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And through the rest of it, she finds out about this, this, the, I believe it's called Instagram Influencer, Mm -hmm. um, played by Elizabeth Olsen, who... You know, she she has was it millions of followers? She, she had like two hundred seventy six thousand followers, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. she was like a burgeoning Instagram star or whatever influencer. She didn't have that blue check mark though. <laughs> <laughs> but she was very popular enough that um, Aubrey Plaza's character Ingrid sees her in a magazine, and she looks at her photos, falls in love, and hits the follow button, and then that just leads to this spiral of madness leading her to going to LA to hunt her down and it actually starts off with her stealing her Elizabeth Olsen's character's dog so that when they call for a lost dog you know please find and call us she 
She can answer the call. Mm -hmm. Ingrid returns Mm -hmm. the dog and they just become best friends. (laughs) And the whole movie is just set on lies. And and it's just pure madness. But it's also very real. (laughs) That was the most horrifying (laughs) part of that movie was how real it was. Yep. Yep. Especially in this day and age with social media and trying to promote your brands and trying to use the hashtags, hashtag blessed, hashtag perfect. I always love that there are people that use hashtag model wife, even if they're not a model. And it's like, come on now. Well, it just was really dark. Oh, it was was really dark and real. And the first thing I said was like, I think I'm going to throw up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The whole movie you're kind of, I think I said this to you, you Haas, uh, you're constantly in that phase when you're in a when you watch a movie and you see something you're not sure if you really wanted to see, but you're kind of just like, oh, I guess I have to go with it and see what happens next. Uh. Yeah, it was like a train wreck. You can't look away. <laughs> yeah, but the way it was presented was not in a train wrecky kind of no. a way. It was in a like you're watching a uh, you know a movie about like girls and millennials and like it was like the way it was they a smart did movie. It, it was really smart, and you just. If you're not paying attention, you could watch that movie on the surface level and just walk away from it. But if you're anybody that's ever been online, like like V was saying, trying to put yourself out there and uh, all of that stuff, it, it becomes terrifying because right. this girl is totally unassuming at first. I mean, just, just totally There are weirdos out there that want to yeah. hurt you, and there's weirdos out there that don't have bad intentions but are just maybe not the most sound people. And they're so um, immersed in wanting to get an interaction with you person to person. I think that's good to note that Abby Plaza, really the downward spiral of this movie, is a response to an Instagram comment. Oh, next time you're in L.A., you should totally try this restaurant. Mm. And she's like, oh, yeah. And if if the... the, well, I don't know if to call her the other protagonist, um, the Elizabeth Olsen character, if she would never have responded to initially to any of her fans. That was her whole thing. Well, I respond to my fan stuff. and her. Right. I like her to husband, engage in social media. I like yeah, to really she participate has, in the conversation to expand my brand. She has that conversation with her husband, who's an artist, who is... doesn't have it. Yeah, doesn't want to put themselves out there. Identify. Doesn't want to put themselves out there. Doesn't want to interact, you know, for a variety of reasons. Uh, just likes his private space and whatnot mm-hmm. and uh, like the realest motherfucker yeah, in the movie and the whole time you know you're you're meant to side with this woman who has got her instagram account and she's nice to her fans and that's literally all it is and this woman takes that one response that this uh this character says oh yeah you know you should try it next time you're on you're like totally benign you know casual she's response latched onto it latched onto it and you know drives totally across the country and just does all kinds friend, of terrible just to things. Just to be your friend. But, yeah, to not even, but in that weird, like, mirroring way. You know, like, she, she buys the same purses as her, tries to read the same books from the Instagram, you know, like, mm-hmm. people who are empty like that, they'll do things like that to try to fill up whatever's empty, and that's the scary part. You never know who's going to be the empty person. Right, but I think part of the whole thing of that movie is that all of them are the empty people. They are. That's the sad... Every single one of them. Yeah, it's about a bunch of... Oh, scumbags. Dan is you know, the in a lot of ways. Dan is the realest one, yeah. yeah. Dan, He's all right. O'Shea Jackson, uh, Ice Cube's son. 
does that was fun. really fun seeing him in that because I kept thinking that I was seeing Ice Cube in the yeah. 90s and I was like damn where's J-Lo where's the intercom uh, <laughs> yeah but but any of them could have had their sins exposed as it were you know the, yeah the every single brother. one of them was fake even right. the husband like he's saying like going along with oh yeah this painting is $1,200 but and they're really popular and they're popular but then later you're my f- only person who's bought my shit. Yeah. You know, and it's like, to, obviously, to say you're all fake. That that <laughs> you're in LA. Is, yeah. That's the most real movie about Los Angeles that I think we've ever seen. Yeah. I that cannot, was. And we were just recently in LA, so we were telling Andrew, <laughs> yeah. we were just like, that was really real. It, it, and I don't even mean that in a negative way because it's brilliant, yeah. the way that they did it. They It's in an observational way because that's how people, uh, you know, that's kind of how you have to operate sometimes right? when you're networking and you don't know people and you don't know their intentions and you don't know why they're giving you a business card and mm-hmm. flashing a smile and this all of that. This movie was a, a warning. It, it very much is for people who want to pursue that dream in 2018 or mm-hmm. whenever they're listening to this podcast in the future, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. that's a warning. Watch Ingrid Goes West. Protect yourself. Seriously. It was like, an interesting movie to watch based on the timing yeah. of what we have going on in our lives personally, mm-hmm. like being musicians and just having recently been to L.A. and having similar experiences, meeting people like that. And Yeah, not super creepy. Like we met nice people. We met lots know. of nice people in L.A., yeah. But you just but never know. It was, it was very L.A. Everybody's, you know, in the business. Everybody's doing like uh, model, actress, musician slash waitress thing you know mm-hmm. like the mattress life the mattress life yeah i don't know where that originated in and out burger after yeah. your samosas end up sucking <laughs> right yeah just uh, something it just tasted like la the whole thing the, mm-hmm. the whole movie and it, just, uncomfortably it was like a, a so. cautionary tale of yeah. what like what could happen if you're gonna go down that path it's right? like and it's also really like brilliant insight <laughs> into the stalker type but, because her thing wasn't yeah, to be like directly a stalker. Like Aubrey Plaza's character, I think, you know, you kind of get a lot of things revealed in the movie. She talks about her mother's death. She loses her quote unquote only friend. Right after that, then you think about the beginning of the movie with uh, Charlotte. Yeah, Christy, the first woman that she latched woman. onto that and, apparently wasn't even her friend. Yeah, she talked realize- to her once. Everything is lies about your main character. And then, but, then, but you know certain truths, so it makes you want to feel for them, but you're like, but you're not doing things right, girl. You're going yeah. about you know, You're going about way. this the wrong way. You need some help. So it's hard to like want her to fail, but it's also hard for you to like want her to succeed yeah. too. And the real messed up part is that's like, are we doing spoilers? Is that okay? Like for the end of this, since we're talking I about mean, this movie, we're officially this deep in. Yeah, you can talk about like the, yeah. I think there there's a a moment near the end of the film where. They basically, it, they don't want to have an intervention with this girl, but she she crashes a party mm-hmm. that they're at and she had already been like overly stalking them and had been... Uh, and they had already outed they, her and told yeah, her to stay away. Yeah, there was a thing with her phone and they figured out what she was up to and that she mm-hmm. was a stalker and whatever. Um, but she shows up like nothing happened. Like, you know, and they like, this girl like outs her and basically says to her what you just said, you know, about how, uh, you know, it's... Uh, Oh, that train caught me off guard. Train of our <laughs> The train. Um, yeah, make, makes you lose your train of thought. Ayo. That's why I call it the train, train of our existence. I know, That's right? It like honked and I was like, train, train, there you are. Um, yeah, I actually did forget where I was going with that. But you there were, was a... You were talking about the intervention point. 
mm-hmm. and Taylor saying something to Aubrey Plaza's character, and then Ingrid flips it on her, and I think calls. Uh, oh, I remember now. Yeah, because they they basically tell her you need some help, girl. You're not doing it the right way. You know, mm-hmm. whatever. And they send her off to the wind. You know that mm-hmm. that was a very poignant scene. But then it leads into the end of the movie and what happens, which at I the knew end, was coming, right? And what happens to this stalker girl is almost like the biggest slap in the face to everybody watching this film because mm-hmm. you watch this girl, you don't want to feel for her, but you do. And you're just like, God, you just hate her because she's so awful to everybody. She lies to everybody. Takes advantage gets, of everybody. Takes advantage of everybody. You know, you see her like crying in the bathroom or whatever, but you but know she doesn't have like evil intentions. She's just really fucked really up. Really messed exactly. up, right? But She probably has Asperger's or something. I, I like, don't know about all that. Something that makes her like have social cues exactly yeah she's probably got something going on yeah she needs to to help have help with correct and i actually don't want to give away the actual end of what happens to her but something happens that basically rewards her Mm -hmm. the universe rewards her for all of her efforts at the end of this film Mm -hmm. and it is like it was dark it is so but it's like brilliantly dark because here we are talking about it you know right that's what art does mm -hmm. but you know you talk about it on both sides of it but it's like oh my god that's real that's really what happens the scumbags they get ahead Mm -hmm. i don't know why that happens but it does it happens a lot after we finished this movie it made me feel like how i felt when i watched black swan for the first time It, it had that like pit in my stomach feeling like different kind of pit though that was <laughs> uh, you could at least be a little less detached to to black swan natalie portman she was just yeah. off and in, in, uh, in the deep was, end of the it ether. was unsettling it, it was very unsettling. i feel like this movie yeah. is gonna stick with me for a while it is it's i'm gonna this is a twin peaks moment this is a twin peaks moment this for is sure a, this is an in real life this is this happens take note yeah mm-hmm Brilliant, brilliant movie, though. It was a very brilliant movie. And the cat, like, I want to go back to the cast a little bit. There's not a ton of actors in this movie. Obviously, Aubrey Plaza, Elizabeth Olsen, Palm Clementif. The, the, uh, she played Mantis in Guardians 2. Uh, she was the Asian... The fashion mm. designer. The fashion designer. That's Correct. why I recognized yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just didn't see her with the antennas. So she was right. wearing that shirt that said Stalker on it. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> O'Shea Jackson, as we mentioned, I thought was great in this movie. Yeah, it, he was the only decent character in this movie. Because he's yeah. real. Mm-hmm. And I loved his love for Batman. Yeah, that was endearing. That, that, like, was, that was good. And you do... He was a real-life person, too. You know, you meet mm-hmm. so many people like that. Anyhow. I feel like when we were in LA, we met a lot of people that were, that could have been in that movie. Yeah, I agree. Whoa. We met some really nice people, and then we met, uh, yeah. There's a lot of interesting people out there, and it's just like a cautionary tale to everybody out there. Get off your fucking phones for a while. It's nice. Yeah, if you live in LA, go visit your friends. Yeah. Find a reason to go visit each other because everybody out there is so isolated. Yeah, they, everybody they, lives they really in their phones are. now in yeah. Instagram land and, and it's curated so much, lives. Yeah, there's so much like traffic and it just it's like so bad out there. People don't see each other very often. You know? Yeah, my sister lives out there and she's always telling me like, well, I wanted to go hang out with my friend and her kid, but they're like, 
you know, an hour away on the, you have to take the highway, the one 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 you know. It's a mess. Yeah, I feel bad. Yeah. The Californians. Yeah. yeah, you get on like the 101 and take that down to like <laughs> yeah. Wilshire and then down to Santa Monica. If you see the if you see the In and Out Burger, you've gone too far. But then pull in and get me a burger, and then well, get over. But I need a two by two with the animal fries. See, I love LA. I, I do still, too. I still want to live there. <laughs> We're gonna fuck the sodomites in the. I'm really glad you went into this subject. Why? Because some like uh, uh, this subject came up at work today. Oh God! What did they say? Oh, let me let me preface this. Now that we're married, our sex life is going to go down. No bullshit. No, I mean that that got mentioned a couple times, but I I, I just ignore it. It's whatever. That will not happen. Trust me, it will happen. It will not happen. <laughs> and I tell you this I mean, because I, I haven't had sex with you since our wedding night, so that's your fault. Yeah, um, that will not happen. <laughs> we had sex that next morning. That will not happen because bring up my ex we had a very active sex life he knows i like sex i'm not gonna let it go without I, it's not gonna she be likes sex if it, we don't have sex it'll be because of him and not me probably yeah, you'll yeah. get older Mm-mm. it'll i don't age know. is inevitable <laughs> nope uh my one of my team leaders, i will not get older <laughs> one, one of my team leaders he's like you know 18 years in like that's when it finally slowed down 18 years that's crazy like he's he's like maybe late forties, early fifties. Yeah, I don't like see he, this slowing down for me. If we stop having sex, it'll be because of him and not because of me. Because I enjoy it too much. Yeah, I like I'm not saying. Stop. But no, okay. I so know your work. Tell me about your work. Okay, it's so slow down. let me preface the let me preface <laughs> the, with a question for you, Matt. Okay. How long do you typically last? Not long at all. On 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 like a good night where you're you're fucking. Oh, on like a good night. Maybe like twenty five minutes. To me, I'm like that's a max. I don't really want to go damn. longer than that. Good. To me, yeah. I'm like I don't want to go longer than that. Because every girl I've had sex with in the past that they're like, yeah, dude. Like at, after like that point, it goes numb. Yeah. Mm. I haven't experienced that with a girl. I don't know. I'm, okay, maybe I have, but um... I don't know. After like twenty five minutes, I'm like I'm I'm bored. <laughs> like if I'm gonna come, I would have already done it. Up. No. So that I was asked head. by a Mr. Richard Olovich, Mr. Rolo, guest oh, of God. the show. He's like, so did you consummate your marriage? <laughs> I'm Duh. Like, I'm like, yeah, for like two and a half hours. He's like. Is that how long we had sex for? Uh, probably not. It was more like oh probably God. hour, half hour, uh, maybe two hours max. It was a good night. Either way, we left the bars before close and we f- went to sleep about four. Whew. We were all over the hotel room. Yeah, we were. Dude, so. I passed the fuck out after my ceremony. I'm surprised we didn't because I got we we had so many people buy us shots and I drinks. wasn't drunk. I was trash. Oh, I know you weren't no, trash. I, I was, wasn't trash. You were good. You were actually good. for as drunk as you were. You were good. Which you know my secret: you puke in the bathroom without anybody knowing, so you can drink more and you're fucking good to go the next day. Yeah, no, no, you I were just, you were well behaved for I how was. drunk you were. I was. I didn't fuck get you. drunk at my wedding, um, and then. At the same time, it's fucking cat. Yeah, this cat dude is <laughs> awesome. But uh, I picked him out. I I pick good things out. Me and Kristen, we just got back to the hotel room and we were just like, we're going to bed. I'm tired. Oh no. You got a hotel room? Yeah. From like 
And so you you somehow got from like almost Florida all the way to a hotel room somehow. Nice. Got to see. We picked a hotel room that was downtown where we were already gonna be at. Which we were gonna walk to. Thank God we didn't. Yeah, luckily I didn't drink enough to do that. Yeah, we drove from Florida to Lafayette for the hotel. (laughs) I had tons of people buying me shots that night though, because I ended up running into people I went to school with. Yeah, they were buying me shots, and I was just like, I did not. Oh my God. My brothers were there. They were buying me shots. Bought me beer. I had three beers and maybe seven Vegas bombs. <laughs> Vegas bomb. <laughs> I had Vegas bomb, sex on the beach, and fireball. Tropical Vegas bomb. Ew, fireball. I didn't have any like straight shots, but like yeah. I had a lot of Vegas bombs and three Budweiser's. That's it. I, I wasn't trying to get trashed. I was just ha- I was there to have a good time. Mm-hmm. No, we did. We had a really good time. Yeah. Uh, I bonded with your brothers quite a bit. I, which I, I was very happy with. I especially bonded with Tanner, which, which I, I, love. I don't normally talk to him. So I have three brothers. One's an older one who's in jail right now, which they've hung out with. And he's just, yeah. And I have two younger brothers. And my youngest is more like me. He's the emotional, like, wants to bond with people, we'll talk to you. So they've talked somewhat. And we bonded over Star Wars yeah. and Harry Potter. My next brother, Tanner, is the, the man. And, like, fuck you. Prove to me you're a man. Like, he's that guy. Like, and, and you I'm, can't And I'm the him. type that's like, I'm not going to do anything to... And I'm not, I'm not going to be over backwards for you. Yeah. I'm, I don't need to prove if, anything if, to you. Yeah, I have nothing <laughs> right. to prove to you. If you, want, if you want to be my friend, go for it. Exactly. But if not, And that's why I told him, I said, just be yourself, whatever. Well, at the wedding, I saw my brother come up to him, hug him. I was like, oh, that's a good start. <laughs> and then they did. They bonded all night. And it made me really happy because I'm very family-oriented. As much as my brothers pick on me, they also will kick anybody's ass that will fuck with me. Like, Including while you're married my, and that's yes, your husband. My brother Tanner, the one that we're talking about, almost killed my ex-husband. Almost killed him. So. <laughs> Sup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like. Man, I'm really glad. I'm really glad my it, it took somebody named Dick for my sister to marry someone that's not a dick. <laughs> that's what he said to me. Oh, and then he's okay. My family hat. My family's tall. My dad is over six foot. My brothers. Yeah, all my brothers over your six brother's foot. tall. My brothers are tall. They're all over six foot. So my ex was the same height, a little bit shorter than me, depending on how he stood. I am too. We're about the same height. <laughs> At the wedding, he was a little taller than me, and I remember Platform they, they used to tease me, like, why can't you just be with somebody tall? I'm like, why does height matter? I remember that night, my brother Tanner telling him, man, I'm just so glad that you're, like, taller than her. And he's like, it's not even by much. He's like, it doesn't matter how much it is. You're taller than her. And I'm just like, oh, my God. It's priorities, man. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, back to my original question. So, like, Sorry. how long do you last? 25 minutes, typically, on a good night? On a good night, that's 25 minutes. And to me, I'm like, I don't want any more after that. Is that <laughs> switching positions or staying in the same position? Switching. Now, do you include foreplay? Or do you just go straight from penetration? Like, straight. ooh, suck my dick. Straight from pen- See, I include foreplay in my sexual endeavors. Uh, if I do foreplay, spoiled. then I would say probably, like... Maybe 40. 40? Okay. I mean, I, this is not like a, a, a thing. Like, I'm not trying to brag. I go a while. He does. I, I go a while, and I, it's always been something I've done. Which like, was weird to me at first, because at first I was like, oh my god, am I not good enough? No, am I not good I, enough I'm just sitting here like, no, I'm just, no, I'm just I, I, I don't fuck unless I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> like, I'm not here. 
I'm not here to just fucking get off. Like, I'm here to fucking... I'm here to please you. I'm here to please myself. I'm here to have a good time. Which is funny because... I'm Blaine Tyner and I like to party. (laughs) With your wife and that's it. Yeah. I like the picture Blaine Tyner in a tuxedo t-shirt. Because it says, hey, I'm here to be formal, but I'm here to party. (laughs) That's totally true because there are times, again, TMI, where... I'll be on top and I'm the pleaser. He thinks he's the pleaser. I'm the pleaser. We're both. Where I know he's about to get there and he stops me. He's just like, no. And I'm just uh, like, no, uh, I'm making a game of this. Let's see. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not re- done with you. I'm like, I am not ready for this. I want to <laughs> fuck you more. <laughs> like, that's just how it goes. Like, you, you, I, Mom, for me. so watching? <laughs> I like to fuck. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, I... And I'm not I'm not there to get off. I'm there to fuck. Getting off is the end result. Like that's the all right, good game. <laughs> <laughs> See for me, it's like if it ain't happened in twenty five minutes, it ain't happening. Period. There's only been a select few times where like and this and now okay, given okay, so He hates quickies. That's he I don't like quickies, but I'll do them if I have to. When you have kids You have to and you wake up in the morning right before they wake up, you no, have to like just spoon. And just have that quickie before they bust in that door. <laughs> you and just climb to. and immediately climb into bed. <laughs> you have to have that quickie. Um, <laughs> Why do you keep moving? <laughs> like me. No, we're using get g- out. <laughs> given typically, I don't usually fuck drunk either. Like so, like my my stamina is just naturally. I have a lot of stamina, so drunk it's just like it's endless. <laughs> like w- when I get whiskey dick, I just go. And then eventually I'm just like, I'm not Actually, getting Actually, I think the, yeah, fir- the first yeah. night we fucked, you didn't come, did you? No, I didn't. I was so upset. But the very first time I ever had sex, Never I didn't come. happened. I was like, we fucked forever. And I don't know if you've watched previous episodes, but I have... My ex and I were swingers. We, you know, had threesomes, yada, yada, yada. So I've had experience with several people. And when this guy didn't come, I was like, fuck... I suck. What am I doing wrong? Like I felt so. Well, this is a blow to the ego. I felt so. <laughs> I felt so shitty about myself. I did. I was like, Jesus, what? What am I doing wrong? Yeah, no, I. Again, if it ain't happened in like twenty five minutes, it just I realize it's not gonna happen for me, and I'm just like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, and I'll just stop. It is what it is. You guys ever watch porn together? She's not really like that. I like porn. She's we kind of a goody goody. Okay, to be porn. fair, we watched a really cheesy fucking HBO porn. I said, porn. hey, let's watch some porn. He pulls up an HBO porn. I'm yeah, like, I'm not what? ready to show you my porn. I've seen your porn. <laughs> have you? I have. Oh, you watched my porn? I've seen good the for you. porn it's that good stuff. you've watched. <laughs> I see what you're into, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> I'm not into anything weird. It's just artsy. Boobs. That's all I'm into you is like boobs. boobs. And I have a lot of redheads. Yeah, look at you. I like ass. I like ass. Thank you. Like, that's my thing. I like tits. I mean, I like He's those the too. first guy I've been with that likes tits. I'm like, Jesus, fuck. <laughs> no. And, and it's not about, like, for me, it's not about size. It's about, like, you know, niceness, you know? Like, you can have small boobs and have nice boobs. That's true. That Hers are, true. like, right in the middle and they're still nice. Like, right in the middle. Like, they're not giant. I don't know if that's a compliment. They're not giant. They're not small. There's, there's plenty to grab. Like I'm happy. You said I'm. I like. Hope you're happy. I'm happy. I like pogs. <laughs> or pogs. Like 
fat ass white girls. <laughs> Us. Not BBWs. Oh. Like oh, big, big ass, big ass. Big I, like, I like big bubble butts, or not even big bubble. I just like bubble butts. That's my thing. I, I mean, I've I've seen most of your porn, and it really is just boobs. Yeah, it's just boobs. Boobs. <laughs> and, and, and if she's watched, if she's like gone through it, she's you're gonna find that it's not always like giant boobs. It's just boobs. boobs. I've seen more redheads than I've seen like a certain size of boobs. Because there have been tiny redhead boobs and there have been big redhead boobs. I don't know how much tiny redhead boobs. I Because I, I still have a standard. Yeah. <laughs> like, but... okay, redhead, cool, awesome, but they still got to have nice boobs. It's like how you're saying boobs. Right? I know. <laughs> I'm like, not going to stop. Boobs. He is a boob guy. Boobs. I like boobs. Oh, yeah, boobs. Please change, show Bob. I'm going to change the subject because I remember you guys were going to talk about this last time. Or last episode, I don't know. This will be did. last subject. Uh, yeah, food's up there. Yeah, Broly. Oh yeah. What do you uh, What do you think? What do I think? Okay, oh, because they released a new trailer. Yeah. We're talking Dragon Ball now. You're you're out of this one. Get. Scarlett's going to come down and talk to us for a little bit, and uh, we thought that would be fun. Uh, we tried it with the, the family dinner one time, and it didn't go that well because the kids were too distracted by the food, and just, you know, they're, all three of them were trying to talk at once, and uh, this time we figured we'd just sit down with just Scarlett uh, and talk one on, well, two on one, I guess, but, uh, and, and, you know, just so you can get into the mind of a four-year-old girl for a little bit, you know? Uh I know that sounds kind of weird, but uh, you could just kind of get to know what it's like being four, I guess. Uh, and we'll try to do this again with uh, Mark and Livy also uh, at some point, one-on-one. But they're not over here as much, so it's not as easy. Um, but uh, in the meantime, while they're getting ready to come on down here, I figured I'd catch you guys up on the last couple of weeks. Um, Mark's football team finished their regular season uh, schedule with a, like, I want to say it was a seven and seven and one. They only lost one game. And I can't remember for the life of me, how many regular season games there were. Cause at the beginning of the season, it, they made it sound like it was a couple of, a couple of, uh, preseason games. And then all of a sudden the next thing you knew, they were saying, Oh, that, that was a regular season game. So I don't know how many regular season games there were, but they only lost one. Uh, so they are now in the playoffs. Uh, they had their first week of playoffs last week, and they blew the other team out of the water, thirty-three to nothing. Um, Marcus started playing defense in the last couple of games. Uh, they're trying him out for like linebacker, and then they put him in at tackle also, and he really seems to enjoy that. Even though he's not big on like making contact, still, uh, I feel like this is a better approach for him making contact. Whereas like when they had him blocking for the for the uh, offensive line. He, I, I don't know. It's it's hard to describe. It it's just this this in the linebacker position. It seems like he's got more time to think about who he wants to hit and how he wants to hit, and uh, he's doing a little better with that. He actually even got in on a couple of tackles, um, which I might. I, now that I'm thinking about it, I might have talked about that a couple of weeks ago with my mom, but I I don't remember for the life of me if we've already talked about that. Um, 
but he's doing good on defense. Um, and meanwhile, they're still playing him at tight end also. So he's, he's getting in on both sides of the ball, which is exciting. Um, oh, guess who's coming down now? Scarlet. What do you, which, which microphone do you want, sweetheart? That one? Okay. I'm going to turn up that microphone. Can you talk into it for a second so we can hear if you're loud enough? Hi. Ooh, that's way, way too loud. <laughs> you, you don't need to talk so close, okay? Hi. That's it. That's good. Right there is good. You can talk from right there and, and I'll catch you. Okay? We are recording. All right. Uh, now test your level. What up, yo? Okay. So Ashley's here, and so is Scarlett. <laughs> Scarlett, you want to say hi? Hi. So Scarlett, what did you just get done doing? Um, get my pajamas on. You got your jammies on because you just got out of the bath, right? Yeah. And after we're done recording this, it's bedtime, isn't it? Yeah. So what did you do at school today? Um, I played outside in the big head area. And um, when I was in the big kid area, um, I was playing with Emma. Ooh. Uh, the dogs are down here, and I think the laundry room's open to the cat. Sorry, our dogs like to terrorize the cat, so. Yeah, because they're mean. They're not mean. They just like, they just, well. Yeah, they want to play with the cat. Duck, Duck wants to play with the cat. I think Clyde doesn't know how to act around the cat, so. Clyde's not used to Clyde's being a cat. Likes to cat. Mm. Duck's mean to the cat, right, Dad? Well, no, I think Clyde's the one that's mean to the cat. He likes to bark at her. Yeah. Where's Clyde? But, okay. Where's Clyde? Well, that situation's taken care of. Mommy, yeah. mommy got the dogs away from the kitty now, so we can we can come back Clyde's, to talking Clyde's on the microphones. So, Scarlett, how old are you? Four. Five. You, ta- you got to talk into the microphone. Five. Don't lie. I know you want to be five. You'll be five in March, but you're not five yet. So how old four. are you right now? You're four. And <coughs> what's your what's your full name? Uh, Scarlett Malone Luttrell. Scarlett Malone Luttrell. And what is your favorite color? Green and orange. Green and orange are your favorite colors? Yeah. How about what's it's your... Orange. Yeah, orange. There's orange on that sticker. What yeah. is your favorite food? Broccoli. Broccoli? I don't think that's true at all. Carrot. Carrot. Again, I don't think that's true at all. Uh, what do you really like? Beans. beans. Well, you do like beans. We had refried beans for dinner, and she ate. Uh, that was like the only thing she ate on her beans plate tonight. Beans and rice. Beans and rice. You do like rice Chicken and beans. And You're just naming our dinner. Yeah. Pepper. Pe- peppers. Yeah, I made some peppers with our chicken tonight, and you ate some of that. Well, I don't. The people can't see what's on the sticker, sweetheart. We don't have a camera. We're just talking into the microphones right now. So, um, should we talk about what Scarlett got in trouble for at daycare the other day? Oh, yeah. yeah. You want to tell everybody what you got in trouble for at daycare? Why don't you tell everyone? It's okay. You're not going to get in trouble again. We all, we know about it already. Now were, she's being shy. Were you pulling your pants down? Mm-mm. I'm pulling my pants down so I can go potty. Well, what else did you do when you had your pants pulled down? Um, I took my pants off. 
pants off to put um my pants that were at school. What did you do with Emma? Um, I played with her, and then I tried to go potty, and Emma looked at me. And what else happened? That's all. You're a liar. No, you're a liar. Did you guys rub your butts together? No! Well, that's what your teacher told us, was that you guys got in trouble for rubbing your butts together. Rubbing your bare butts together. We don't have bare butts. Bare butts are brown. I don't have a brown butt. Are you talking about like a bear? Like a grr bear? Yeah, Their butts are brown? Yeah. I guess she's got us there. That's true. Your naked butt, then. You were rubbing your naked butts together. No! Our poopy butts. Your poopy butts? Probably. And uh, no, I'll say did that at school. What did you do at school? Uh, how can you hear me? I can hear you just fine talking into the microphone. How? Because you're talking into the microphone, and everything that goes into the microphones, I can hear. Um, my breath smells like food. Your breath smells like food. Did you brush your teeth already for bed? No. No. Because I have to record first. Oh, okay. You're going to come down here and record first, and then you're going to brush your teeth. Yeah, why is your guitar in Mark? Well, because my band practice is down here, so that's why Jack's guitar is here, and Larry's guitar is here, and Steve's guitar is here, and Andrew's drums. And Mark's guitar. Well, yeah, Mark's guitar is down here, too, just because I keep all the other guitars down here. But... That are not yours? Well, my guitar, my guitar is upstairs right now, but I usually keep it downstairs. Why? Uh, hey, we're not, we're stop, stop. Why do you? Okay, give me that. What? Why do you need it for? I don't need it. Hey, can you sit still and just talk to me for a few oh, minutes? You hey, hey, hey! Don't yell into the microphone. Bye, bye. You're all done. No. Okay. Well, what else do you want to talk about? I just said bye, bye. What else do you want to talk about? Um. What kind? Mine playing with Ola. Mommy's playing with Olaf. What yeah. kind of what kind of movies do you like, Scarlett? Um, trolls. Trolls. What's your, what, there's a movie Tiana, that Scarlett, you, like you got to talk into the microphone, sweetheart. Nobody's going to be able to hear you. What movie do you like a lot recently? Jack um, and Sally. Jack and Sally. Jack and, and Sally. Nightmare yeah. Before Christmas. Yeah. No, for Halloween. Yeah, the Halloween movie. It's Nightmare Before Christmas with Jack uh, and Sally. What else? What else do you like? And Don't talk so loud into the microphone. Why did you turn it up? Why did you turn it down? I turned it down because you're being too loud. <gasps> wow. So what other what other movies do you like? My like. What what were you watching yesterday? Did um, you watch the My Little Pony movie? Yeah, you did. The old My Little Pony movie, though. The original My Little Pony movie. At school, I mean it. What did you watch at school? Um, I watched... Um, that one that had a doggy. The one that had a doggy? Well, that explains everything. Why is there a stick right here? Scarlet, quit messing with stuff on the table. We're trying to talk to you. Where's there a sticker on here? Because we put the sticker on the table. Don't worry about that. Why? Just this is like everyday life with this child. <laughs> bye bye. Are you all done now? No. I what? What's my... your favorite song? Um, 
That's my my band get by. We have a song called Three Eleven O Seven that the kids all seem to like, especially Scarlett. She knows almost all the words already. What other songs do you like? Um, Jack and Joe. Jack. That's a movie, doofus. <laughs> you like Havana. Havana, Havana what else do you like um you like shut up and dance with me and can you sing that one for me well did you have fun talking yeah we're not talking more well you're not talking to me you're you're messing with stuff you keep messing with the table you're messing with your dolls what are you gonna be for halloween a monkey yeah, why do you want to be a monkey? Because I like monkeys. I want to try. Can I try? I got a left. Why did you pick a monkey for Halloween? Because I like monkeys. You like monkeys? Yeah. What's and your monkey costume holding? A banana. A banana. Hey, I get a bell again. What, what oh, kind of candy? Sure. <coughs> I love bell. Hi, my name's Bell. And I want to talk. Bell wants to talk, Daddy. What does Bell want to say? I want to watch Tiana. Belle um, wants to watch Tiana. I don't think that's what Belle sounds like. Well, this was fun, Scarlett. We just did two. I want to do ten. No, it's it's time for you to it's time more. for you to go brush your teeth and get ready for bed. Two more. Two. Um, my princess wants to talk to you more. No, you're, I don't want to talk to your princesses. I wanted to talk to you, sweetheart. I want to talk to you again. No, I. well, you're not talking to me, so it's time for you to go night-night, okay? I promise I won't talk. What do you want to talk about? My princess wants to no, talk to No, no, okay, what do you you're want done. For, what do you want for Christmas? I want a princess. I want a princess doll. What kind of princess doll? Uh... It's Cinderella, Sophia, and Belle. That's just what you're looking at on the table right now. <laughs> That's what I want for Christmas. Okay, well, there you go. Merry Christmas. Done. You don't have. You don't get anything else for Christmas now. Um, I want a microphone for Christmas. A microphone for Christmas. What are you? What are you going to? That'd gonna... be a terrible gift. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what would you do with your microphone for Christmas? Um. Uh... I swear this kid has ADHD. Yeah, I don't know why I thought this was a good idea. You're an idiot. Well, I'm going to go ahead and pause the show so she can go to bed. Would you mind coming back down here and finishing the episode with me after she's in bed? I'd rather not. Well, I'd, I'd like it if you did. No. Okay, cool. I guess I'll finish the episode on my own. <coughs> this has been fun. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, we'll pick it up in a little bit, I guess. Wait for me. Okay, well, now that that mess is over with and Scarlett's in bed, uh, it's just me and Ashley again. So how's it going, Ash? It's going. It is going. So today was a special day for us. Even though we didn't really do anything to celebrate it, except yeah. Chris did the dishes. That was pretty cool. Yeah, 
So today was four years since we started dating. So, yeah. 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 What a waste of four years, huh? Mm-hmm. It's time for Brews with Dudes. Ah, juicy. Good evening, good afternoon, or good night, depending on when you're listening to this. And welcome to another episode of Brews with Dudes. I'm your host, Nick Maxson, sitting here once again with Casey Taylor from the North End Pub. How are we doing this evening? We're doing pretty good. It was just around this time last year that I printed a bunch of merch for an event we had, and I called it the North Side Pub. You remember that? Oh, yeah, which is they were nice. They were nice pint glasses, but I totally got it wrong, so... I make a point to say it very slow so I don't make the mistake again. Um, This is going to be a very special episode. Um, We've got some very special dudes with us tonight. The ladies from uh, Girls Pint Out. Did I get that right? You did, yes. Got that. Awesome. So I've got got dual Heathers with me. We've got two Heathers. Um, And then uh, I did not catch your name yet. Oh, you're the Heather. There's... I'm the Ashley. There's the Ashley. Okay, (laughs) so we've got two Heathers, Ashley, a Nick, and a Casey. I promise this won't end like Heathers. Okay, all right. Yes. (laughs) So um, let's dive into the first beer, and then we can do some, uh, we can dive into what you guys are all about. How's that sound? Sounds great. You gals. You gals. You dudes. I'm from the region. I say guys, too. Yeah. (laughs) I mean. Guys, dude, it's it's a universal thing. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's get in on this. Cheers. 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 do that about half the time you, you cheers and then yeah. put it on the table Tap the table i mean i, I feel like it's, it's only about, right but i do it but yeah. i do do it um which one are we diving into cream ale the cream ale oh i guess we should also mention you know we're just so excited to drink the beer that we're forgetting to talk about the beer yeah so th- tonight we're doing a uh well we asked the ladies uh we wanted to do an event with you and we asked you guys what brew you wanted to do and you ladies chose sun king mm-hmm. why did you choose sun king there is a woman brewer at Sun King, so we really wanted to have an event where we're sampling beer that's brewed by another lady. Celebrating ladies tonight. Mm-hmm. It actually was funny because do you know her? I don't know her, but she's actually done an event with our Indianapolis chapter. It was funny because uh, the rep that stopped in earlier told me that they had an event and they had to come up with a beer for it and uh, do the breast cancer aspect of it. They made a pink beer, and it was funny because she was almost mad because she was like a badass rocker chick and was like, I want something dark. Yeah. And then she <laughs> produced like a pink beer, and everyone was like so excited, and she kind of wasn't. So it was kind of a funny story. I've seen that. They, they got a bunch of, um, which is really cool, they got a bunch of lady brewers from around the state. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. I remember seeing the picture. How many different? It looked awesome. It really did for the color and stuff. It, it looked awesome, but it was just a funny little story about that. It feels it feels weird asking, but it seems like um, it's somewhat male dominated in terms of it. But I remember seeing that picture, and there were so many ladies just mm-hmm. in Indiana. Do you? How many ladies got in on that? I feel like there was twenty or thirty. There were a lot. Um, I didn't actually go to that event. I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but I also saw the pictures, and yeah. there were there were quite a few. But and I know awesome. that um, our friend and Lafayette Girls Pine Out member Michelle from Crasian, she was actually yeah. involved in that as well. She's such a nice lady. She's fabulous. Um, we're talking. We're trying to get them on. I uh, I went in there when they when they first opened, and we just sat down. And we're talking for a little bit. And it didn't take five minutes before she's like, "Do you, you want to go check out the equipment?" I'm like, "Well, yes, of course, I want to go check out the equipment." Um, 
Yeah. So, um, Girls Pine Out. You mentioned that there is an Indianapolis chapter. So, so that makes me think that this is a large network. So, so tell me, tell us a little more about it. I should stop nodding at you and start talking into the microphone because <laughs> okay. your listeners can't see me nodding. Um, yes, actually, Girls Pine Out started in Indianapolis, but is now um, nationwide. There's Oh gosh, is it like 125 oh, chapters over 100, now? Yeah, yeah, more than oh 100 gosh. chapters. It started in Indianapolis. It started in Indianapolis. Wow. So we're very fortunate in that we still get to work with that chapter on things, and we can go to their events. They have a very well-established group there. Um, we're only two That's years old, awesome. so, that is so it's cool. there's a really great uh, resource for us as chapter heads. We can um, look at all the materials they've used over the years, all of their event mm-hmm. ideas. Uh, it's very helpful to be this this close to kind of home base. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, wow. And we are we are a five hundred one c three, which not okay. a lot of people know. Uh, so we're a nonprofit organization. Uh, the the main uh, chapter out of Indianapolis got that status, and we as kind of sister organizations share that as well. So part of our mission cool. is to raise money and you know um, not just money, but help out causes in the area. So yeah. like our holiday event last year was uh, we we gathered money for the YWCA because that's kind of a yeah. parallel. That's uh, awesome. Organization, yeah. Very cool. And as a um, state chapter, we are also sponsored by Sun King. So Thanks, they, Sun King. Oh. Yes, thank you. Very so they cool. they give a little bit of money to each chapter to kind of help us go in and support us. That is so cool. So, mm-hmm. Good knowledge. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, ladies doing big things. Um, let's see here. So um, I think we're all ready for the next beer, aren't we? We Mac. I was about to. I was about to start drinking it, and I'm like, no. <laughs> we really didn't Mom. talk about the cream ale, though. We oh didn't. man, yeah. it is a we classic. We are. That is like their, right one of their main beers, right? <laughs> that they're kind of famous for. Yeah. That I feel like most people are used to. Or, year round. Yeah. There were a lot of years where this was the beer I took to my parents' Fourth of July party to introduce everybody yes. to what craft beer can be because it's yes. a really nice. Well, it's a really well-made beer and it's a really nice transition beer as well for people who are just used to drinking domestic lagers. Absolutely. It was my first, so oh, it was my first. <laughs> yeah, so it was kind of um, downtown. There was um, avidity. Mm-hmm. Those used to be oh, downtown yeah. where Digby's is now. Yep. Um, and place. Oh, so I would go in there, and um, that was one thing that was suggested to me to try when I wanted to start getting into beers. Had just gone to like my first beers across Wabash and had been introduced to. So um, it was the first full pint of craft beer that I had Good, had. Nice beer. Yes. Other I'm Heather, a- do you like the cream ale? <laughs> I do like the cream ale, and I agree. It's a great beer to like introduce to your non-craft drinking friends, and pretty safe to keep in your fridge at all times. Yeah, no, I yeah. like that because if you do certain beers and someone's trying to expand out, you give them a palate crusher. It's over for them every time they go try a new beer. They're going to remember that. So I, I agree. This is yeah, this is a good beer for people that question craft beers and don't think they'll like them. It's a perfect one, and it's only five point three percent. Which That's not bad. No, no. It's an all-day drinker. Yeah. Yep. Crushable. Very crushable. <laughs> so we're getting into the Wee Mac now. What? What is the Wee Mac? A brown? Scottish. Scottish, Scottish ale. Scottish ale. Okay. All right, let's get into it. Cheers. Cheers. To all you. And to everyone at home. Um, this usually airs at noon. So if you're cheersing with us at noon. Good for you. Well Good done. It's very awesome. We'll be cheersing at noon um, here next week when we go to 450 North's. Uh, Corn Maze Beer Fest. Mm. That's going to be exciting. We are tentatively taking a bus down there. Um, 
So we'll leave. We'll get down there, and then we'll get Dee Dee back to Lafayette. That's gonna be great. Boring. They find a driver. Well, we don't need to get into that right now. <laughs> um, thanks, Lafayette. You know. um, yeah, I went last year. Um, it was hot last year, so, so hot. hopefully. And they specifically, when I when I talked to one of them, they're like, we made sure we moved it back a couple weeks, mm-hmm. and I think I think it's gonna be beautiful because um, it's been really nice lately. Um, I discovered so many weird weird beers there. I remember Zwanzig's. And everything about them sticks out. Their name, their beers. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to go back. Yeah, Are any Casey of you ladies I, going? I am not, but Casey and I were talking about Zwanzig's earlier. Oh, man, it's their so beer good. and their pizza. pizza. Yes. Yes, and then you can stop by Powerhouse out of the Columbus Bar. Get yourself some so de- diesel oil stout. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're one of the older breweries. They don't distribute a whole lot. You don't see them very often. Uh, but they've been around, gosh, at least 10 years. How many breweries are in Columbus? I think just the two. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because they got they got a couple events. They're getting ready to. I keep thinking Hoppy Halloween is there. It's in Plainfield. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing the corn corn maze, and then they do another one earlier in the year. And I think that's yeah. Zwanzig's thing. Zwanzig's yeah. is the one that that hosts that. They opened their new facility recently, didn't they? Zwanzig's. Zwanzig's. If they did, I haven't been there. I've just I just go to the restaurant downtown, and I was yeah. there mm-hmm. in January. And I've definitely been since then, but I think mm-hmm. I saw a picture that they finally opened the new spot. Nice. It's huge. I'll have to check that out. They got a lot of barrels now, so that's very Ooh, exciting. That is exciting. I'm a big barrel age guy. All right, I didn't even drink it yet. Oh, it's I, delicious. I Don't so, worry. I got so, so caught up. We're working on it over here. Yeah, I'm a big Scottish Ale fan, so this is probably before Tate. I've had these. I'm very partial to uh, Wee Mac. Another thing, it's 5.3. It's not crazy because mm-hmm. like, I like Old Chub, but it's like mm-hmm. an 8 percenter. Right. And it's like you can only have X amount of that, and we make it five three. Even though it's a Scottish ale, still has a little bit of a lightness to it and some crushability. I, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say this is my favorite hotel beer in hotel Indiana beer. because you can because Sun King's so widely distributed around our state. Um, they usually carry cans of Weemac in hotels. I have to stay in for work. Awesome. Yeah. And I, it's it's malty and delicious. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> Look at hotel stepping it up, just not making you drink Miller Lite, Bud right. Light, or Coors Light. Stella used to be my hotel beer. <laughs> it was Stella. the best of the bunch. <laughs> we've, we've grown up. We've grown up, guys. Ashley, your thought? I, after the cream ales, I kind of got into darker beers. So that's kind of where I went to next. Um, so... That's been the Scottish Ale has been one that I have gone to quite frequently, um, and really enjoyed it. it. Has a really nice kind of light aftertaste. You don't get that where you feel like you need to palate cleanse right afterwards. Right. So, absolutely, Heather. What are you, other Heather? What are your <laughs> suggestions or thoughts about it? So Scottish Ales probably aren't my normal ordering thing, but I find this particular one like very drinkable. So I would never turn it down. <laughs> I am right there with you. The Scottish is not my go-to, but it's very tasty. Um, without being biased, um, it was it was Tay's where where I brew. Their Scottish was fantastic. They do a good job of. They've got a little bit of everything. They've got the amber, the brown, a lager, IPA, and uh, I was very pleased with it. Usually, what is the word I'm looking for to describe it? I don't know. It's a little. It's just a little too much for me usually. But the Wemac. They can get a little boozy. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not, a, I guess I'm not a huge fan of that strong boozy flavor. And some of them can be really sweet, too, on the back end. Yes. Like, I notice a lot of the Scottish ales, uh, they can be really sweet on the back end. And if you're not into that, 
you may not like. I it. think that's why I liked it when I was first starting out, getting out of the cream ales and into that. It was still kind of sweet and something mm-hmm. to yeah, see, I tasty. Like it. it's, yeah, it's up my alley. So yeah, well, and not the Wemac in particular. The Wemac's not sweet, but I know what you're talking about. Some of them that get kind of syrupy, and I wonder if it's an incomplete fermentation and it's just too much residual sugar left over. Mm. Right, and it's see that sounds yeah. smart. That sounds like a real explanation. We went there, <laughs> but it works for me. I like that. So whatever that is. <laughs> I lost my thought. I had something, and I totally lost it. Um, so what do we got next? We're slamming through these. I guess we're only having a little tiny one. Do you want us to introduce ourselves before did, we get any further? Did we really not get that <laughs> far? No, we didn't. We're just talking. My goodness. I mean, we're having fun. fun. We yeah, are. We've got a fun. table full of beer. It, you're right. excused in this regard. I, I even I always tell people who've never been on before. I'm like, we only got a couple things that we got to talk about, and then we're going to go loose. And then I come in just swinging like. Breaking doing, all the rules. You're not doing the rules that you made up. <laughs> so, all right. Let's talk, ladies. <laughs> Tell me all about it. All right. Well, I can start. Um, I'm holding a microphone. So, uh, I'm Heather Howard. I am the one of the two chapter heads for the Lafayette chapter of Girls Pint Out. Ashley, uh, who is here with us, is my co-chapter head. Uh, we started Girls Pint Out almost two years ago, exactly, because our first October. event was October of October. 2016. Yeah, so we're coming up on two years, which is pretty exciting. Very exciting. Uh, I already talked about how we're a 501c3, but we do at at minimum monthly events for our ladies. We have happy hours, kind of like we're having here right now. Um, several times a year we'll do, usually usually two times a year, we'll do a co-ed event. Uh, and those are oftentimes the ones where we're you know, trying to uh, raise money for a cause. So our Christmas mm-hmm. event will be coming up. Uh, we usually do that at Lafayette Bruco. Side note, we need to reach out to Lafayette Bruco to get our Christmas event set up this year. (laughs) Uh, But at that particular event, we do a bomber Yankee swap. So everybody brings a wrapped bomber. It's co-ed. You guys are both invited. Watch our Facebook page. We're going to be there. Yeah. It gets real serious. Oh, it does. At the end of it is real cutthroat. Yeah. Um, people bring some very, very interesting beers. Um, a lot of times ladies will bring things they get out of state that you can't get here. Mm-hmm. So it gets very competitive. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and we pick a cause and we raise money or collect items for that cause. So last year, as I mentioned, awesome. was the YWCA. We need to talk about what we're going to do this year. So <laughs> we'll figure that out and let you all know. But we post all our events on our Facebook page. Um, about me personally, I, aside from Girls Pint Out, I'm also co-owner of Escape Velocity Brewing. Uh, we are going to be opening here in Lafayette, and we will be a uh, a plant-based brew pub. Do I have everybody's attention now? So up next was the Concrete Jungle death match between LAX and the OGs. Now the OGs are Hernandez Homicide, who are definitely the original LAX. And King, who was like a loose member later in 2008, I think. And then the current Latin American exchange, which is Santana, Ortiz, and Conan. So Conan, K-Dog, Kato, uh, obviously recruiting Santana and Ortiz is much younger. And they are also your Impact Tag Team Champions. You're wondering, Nate, what in the fuck is a concrete jungle death match? I've not heard of this one before. Let me tell you some shit, my friends. This match was terrifying. As a fan of wrestling and a man who has knowledge of what happens to the body when real dumb shit happens and you get hurt, 
like being calamity Nate sometimes in my life really made me appreciate this match on a whole different level. So literally they uncovered the ring. The only thing that was on the ring for the wrestlers to take bumps from were the two by fours, the wooden two by fours that go across the whole ring, but they aren't like drilled in or anything. They have to have give and kind of move with the flow of wrestling so that, people, that when the bumps happen, they're a little gentler. So these planks just move and create space, not even into the match. We're not even, the match hasn't even started, and one of the planks is already up and offset. So if anybody takes a bump on that shit, it's a sharp edge that's going to fucking wreck, let's say, their back or their knee or whatever they were to hit. It would fuck them up, or they could twist their ankle even, right? So... The match doesn't even start, and everybody's trying to get this fucking board down, and everyone's kind of panicked. The match starts, and K- oh, also, can I mention, no um, turnbuckles, no protection on the outside. It's literally, the ring is as exposed as it can be. The softest thing in the entirety of the ring is the ropes, and they're really not that soft either. Uh, so it's a legit, like, fucking war. And let me tell you something. This professional wrestling match turned it up to fucking 12. Like, you think that the Attitude Era was intense? And I'm not talking about hardcore wrestling. I'm just talking about the way to tell a story. But um, one of the members of LAX, current LAX, I think it was Ortiz, yelled, you're going to have to kill me first, motherfucker. As loud as he could, it dude. And there were constant middle fingers being thrown and fuck you motherfuckers and you're going to fucking die motherfuckers. And it was intense. It was fucking vicious. That was the word I want to use. It was a vicious match. Ultimately, one of the planks got removed during the match. So then there was one less plank, but that also meant there were more spaces where you could literally fall in between the planks directly under the ring, right? Nothing to protect you. No fucking joke, man. This is not a fucking joke. This is a very real, very serious match, what they did here. The bumps looked horrendous. It was terrifying because they would start running, and the planks would move with their running because they're getting traction from the planks, and they're pushing them behind their feet to get traction and then jumping and doing crazy things. And uh, I want to say, like, 20 seconds into the match, Homicide is already gushing blood. He, like, fell or took a bump to the outside and nailed something weird, but he fucking got dinged hardcore. Uh... This match was brutal. Of course, now Conan was not a part of this match because he had been taken out in the backstage earlier. So it's Santana and Ortiz in a two-on-three against Hernandez, Homicide, and King. King took a fucking wild bump in this match. He tried to do a suicide dive between the second rope, but he miscalculated, obviously, or his foot slipped when he was going to launch or whatever, and he catapulted himself directly into the barricade between the fans and the wrestlers, and, like, fucking KO'd himself. He did not look like he was all there. And, like, he got his bell rung a couple times. So, uh, what do I think was the winner of this? Or what did I, who did I think was MVP of this match? Ultimately, I have to tell you guys what happened. Because, I tell you, the OGs had these guys beat the Latin American exchange. And then out of nowhere, Conan's music hits. He comes out with a flapjack. He starts smashing the fuck out of these motherfuckers like it ain't no tomorrow. Ultimately, LAX picks up the victory. Ultimately, Conan is the MVP of this match. Was there a move of the match? Not really, because it was just a fucking war, a battle, a fight. Uh, it was a battle of attrition. It also had to be terrifying, because like I said, 
every second. Oh, and there were table bumps, by the way, in the ring. There were two table bumps inside of the ring uh, that were fucking brutal also. And I tell you, mad love to LAX. Both teams look strong, and I think it was a great thing. Having the OGs is like a new faction. They were the original Latin American exchange. It builds to this. Maybe this feud is over. Maybe it's not. If it is over, the OGs have to become a part of LAX. That's my opinion. And just make a bigger stable. They can then, you know, position into the board to do some different things. You need some big team overlording your entire roster to make some real interesting tension. Uh, But you don't want to do it too fast. So maybe you can... You know, let this go into one more match and they can put something else crazy together. Who knows? We'll have to see what they've got coming up. So, we got one more main match of the night now. Between the LAX match uh, and the main event, there was some weird pre tape backstage segment with Magic. And I tuned out immediately. It had women and it just was degrading, dumb looking, and I wasn't into it. And. Uh, maybe I should have given it a chance, but I'm not going to give it a chance. I'm just being fucking honest. I don't want to give it a chance. It looked bad. I'm judging it by how it looked. It looked shitty. I'm not a fan. Don't keep doing that dumb shit impact. Like, I get it. The Broken Universe was great. It was fun. But that was not great or fun, what you made us go through. But you, they had to do that. They had to have like that 10 or 15 minute break because they had to set the ring back up. That they completely tore down. Like, dumb. Why didn't you think about this? Like, I would have maybe booked this differently. Maybe this would have been the first match of the night for me. I don't know. I digress. We're not going to get into all that. Let's get into the main event of the night because this is where shit gets hot. We got Austin Aries, champion, with Killer Cross and Moose coming out against Johnny Impact and Valkyrie, Taya Valkyrie. And let me tell you something. This was a actual fight. There was a lot of real shit going on during this match. There was not a lot of professional wrestling going on for at least the first like eight minutes I would say the first eight minutes was real what I mean and it still happened throughout the match but I mean almost immediately Austin Aries got uh Johnny Impact in a guillotine and he was trying to choke him the fuck out he goes do you want to go to fucking sleep right now I'll put you to fucking sleep right now do you want to go to sleep I'll make you go to sleep are we gonna do this now like he was whoo revved up and gearing to go this feud boiled over into real life or it was maybe one of the greatest works that we don't know but i think that it's uh, it's definitely coming from that shoot vibe it had that feel there were some really hearty smacks and punches thrown at each other and kicks and knees to the head i mean literally austin aries need johnny impact in the top of the fucking skull the very top of his fucking dome you know so To me, uh, this match, like I said, the first half of it was really, really physical like that. And then there was some wrestling and like some pinfall attempts and whatnot. Uh, Move of the match, I got to give it to Johnny Impact did this crazy thing. They were outside of the ring fighting each other. And there was not a lot of space between the barricade and the ring on certain sides. Like two sides were real close. I'm talking, you know... You could run, but you couldn't do a whole lot of shit like it tight quarters. So, trying to think about this. Okay, so Johnny Impact is they're like smashing each other. He does a ta- uh, a whip into the barricade, 
and Austin Aries runs at him like he's going to kick him with the sweet chin music, but then like runs through it, and Impact jumped up, so Aries goes under him. Impact puts one foot, like jumps and lands one foot on the ring, one foot on the barricade, and immediately on instinct does a moonsault and kicks Austin Aries in the fucking side of his head. It was wicked. It was easily easily the move of the night. Not just the move of the match, but the move of the entire night. It was one of the wildest spots I've seen um, so quick react like that because it seemed very real that he just on instinct said, fuck you, I'm going to do this thing and fuck you up. And they didn't, there was, it didn't seem like there was any planning of this match. Like they went to war. The end. They went to war. there Because there was not a lot of swings in building the crowd. This was just a fight. Uh, who do I think is the MVP of this match? Taya. She got in her, uh, involved just verbally by talking and saying, fuck you, little man, and whatnot like that, and flipping off Austin Aries and whatnot. And Austin Aries staring her down a lot during the match, which was intense as well. And then uh, I just, it was weird because... I didn't know if Austin Aries was like trying to be sexual towards Taya or like intimidating, but it kind of was like almost like he was trying to be like you you want to you want to like you want to come see my dick, but uh, that was not the case. Uh, she was very unpleased and unsurprised by uh, unamused by Austin Aries and his uh, his ways, but she took a nasty bump. Oh man, so. This is one of those things where, again, I don't know if they planned this, but if they didn't, holy shit, I would, there was some anger, right? So uh, Austin Aries comes off through the ropes uh, on a suicide dive into Taya. Taya? Taya. It's Taya. Uh, Into Taya and, like, smashes her into the barricade. She nails her head on the fucking uh, barricade. (laughs) And... She was just down, down, down. And as soon as it happened, Impact like freaked the fuck out and just started haymakering and just fucking up Austin Aries and smack and punch and kick. It was brutal, you guys. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Ultimately, Johnny Impact hits the Starship Pain, pins Austin Aries to become your new Impact World Champion. Here's an interesting thing. He hits the move. One, two, three. Austin Aries stands up, walks to the apron. No selling the move. Like, it didn't hurt him. It didn't bother him. He just, the match was over. He had to do what he had to do. And now that the match was over, he was done giving a fuck. His shoulders were pinned to the ground. So then he got on the ring apron and started flipping off Don Callis and saying, fuck you, coward, and flipping off some of the fans and shit. It was crazy. He was so violent and going crazy and fuck you and fuck this and you could tell that everything that happened in the ring between him and Johnny Impact was very personal throughout and it didn't seem like a shoot at all so let's get into some reason or some stuff uh it seems like uh Tessa Blanchard just spoke out about Austin Aries and uh, let's see what she had to say about the incident at the end of Bound for Glory. Tessa says, I just think, or I think it was just a lot of Austin being Austin. That's, 
I honestly don't know what to think about it. Just watching it, I was kind of just like at a loss for words, I guess, because I don't know what to think. To myself, yeah, of course, I'm sure everyone has a lot of questions. There is a lot of uncertainty. The whole locker room was kind of not really sure what was going on, I guess. But yeah, I honestly, I'm very indifferent because I don't know what to think. I'm not really sure what Austin was trying to accomplish. I think that if the roles were reversed and Austin was sitting in the locker room watching that happen, I'm sure he would feel disrespected. I'm sure he would not be so happy. He'd have some things to say and some questions. So if the roles were reversed, I'm sure he would be in the same position as how the locker room kind of felt, I think. I agree with her, Tess, uh, speaking out and saying, you know, he wouldn't have been just okay with it. So... I don't, it's, yeah, I don't know. I do not know. This is a weird thing because it's like Austin Aries seems like his contract with Impact Wrestling is done. Uh, and we're going to get into this. Before we get into this, though, I want to rate this card overall. Honestly, it was a very solid effort. I'm, I'm genuinely impressed with uh, Impact Wrestling. Comda.com was who sponsored them. Uh, but ultimately, whew, uh, I'm going to say this was a solid 